0: This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton.
1: Facebook posted the largest one-day loss of valuation in the history of the markets at more than $100 billion. CEO Mark Zuckerberg himself saw... His personal wealth declined by about $17 Twitter's stock loss was at 21% with a $6.6 billion market cap hit. These losses were in part due to user numbers coming in below expectations. So what do these losses in social media giants on Wall Street tell us about the stability of their stocks and other tech stocks right now? Joining us here in studio, Gad Elon, who is a professor of operations, information, and decisions, as well as director of the Management and Technology Program here at the Wharton School. Nice seeing you. Thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me, Dad. Thank you. And joining us on the phone, Eric Gordon, who's a business professor at the University of Michigan, as well as James Cox, law professor specializing in corporate and securities law at Duke University. Eric, James, great to both have you with us on the show today. Nice to be here. Great to be here. Thank you. Uh, I guess take us into, Eric, this, th- these losses that we saw last week. And, and I mentioned a lot of it seems to be tied to these, these user numbers, but how much do they really play into the overall losses that these two companies uh, dealt with last week?
0: Yeah, great question. So if you look at Facebook and Twitter, two of the companies that reported last week, What you see is the market resetting their prices based on a change in expectations. So, there were expectations prior to the earnings release. The earnings release contained information which changed those expectations. Here's what changed. At Facebook, it turns out that the problems you were talking about, these well-known security problems, uh, are going to cost Facebook a lot more money than we were expecting. Its uh, operating margins are going to drop from the mid-40s, 40%, to the mid-30s. That's a huge drop. That's a big change in expectations. uh, And it might portend, you know, what's going forward with Facebook. Will they ever get their margins back? Twitter Sort of a related story. They lost uh, 3 million users. Net, it was only 1 million. But in fact, they crossed out 3 million users in sort of an account shakedown, fake users. So yep. these well publicized problems that a couple of the social media companies are having are hitting the bottom line, but are hitting expectations about what these companies will look like in terms of growth and profits going forward, and that killed their stock.
1: Gad, how much do you think in terms of these companies right now, this reporting and obviously these uh, these earnings statements will have an impact on the companies themselves, their operations, what they need to do,
2: both in the short term and in the long term? Yeah, if I'll follow up on what Eric was saying, uh, what what we've seen with Facebook is not a decline in in growth, but it, so not. A, a, I mean, their growth is still continuing, but in fact, forty two percent year over year. Yeah, but it's not as expectation were before. But more importantly, we saw an increase or so of so an increase in their expenses over time. So specifically, if you talk about fake news and and, and review, uh, Facebook. Th- increased by threefold their a group secur- security and review. Yeah. So the implication here for them is that while it seems that the overall market, or at least the, I should say, citizen population, would like them to continue and get into that, the market is not rewarding them for doing that. If you look at overall their, pro- their, their users, their users have not declined by a lot. I mean, they actually went down by 1 million and then went up by 1 million. So yeah. users are not leaving Facebook. But the investment that they have to put... To try to handle these things are, is definitely much more costly than what they anticipated, and is not rewarded by the market.
1: James, what do you see as the as the state of Facebook and and Twitter right now?
3: Well, not inconsistent with what the others have said, but I just want to put a different spin on it. So, um, so by by global estimates, the world population is somewhere around what three and a half billion people that are at least uh, connected to the internet one way. Numbers have been as high as like 2.2 billion people use Facebook. So I think therein lies the problem. That is, that this is a market that uh, has pretty much become uh, saturated, uh, at least from Facebook's perspective. That is, it's the old law of diminishing returns to be able to add another million or 100 million users. The cost of that, uh, to to be able to do that, is going to go up. Those costs are skyrocketing uh, uh, because of largely political concerns. Those political concerns are, are partially, largely driven by privacy concerns and fake news concerns. So we know that Facebook said that they went out and hired 20,000 people uh, to help monitor uh, yeah. for fake news. I mean, those costs go right to the bottom line. And so that's, that's a, 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 what both Eric and Cad were speaking to about their rising costs. There's another thing that's going on here, and that is that their model is, uh, 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 at least for Facebook, is to be dramatically challenged. Now, whether they're going to change, I think it's unlikely. They've said they're going to change in the past, but you know, we we all know the model is to kind of uh, induce people to uh, find uh, a lot of psychic rewards by being on their Facebook account a lot. And therefore, generating a lot of information that then Facebook can then sell to various individuals and organizations who want to buy that information. Uh, uh, you know That genie's been out of the bottle for some time, but it's getting out at a much more rapid rate than it ever has in the past, and so individuals are now disconnecting from Facebook or going privacy. privacy. We know that there's a dramatic change in these privacy laws in Europe that's the market. So the the, the the very markets where Facebook is likely to be able to generate the greatest revenues by selling your private information, the European-based market and the American markets are running into tremendous head, headwinds right now about concerns for privacy. And at some point, uh, these concerns, not just in Europe but in America, are going to have to lead to big changes in Facebook, and the model then starts unwinding, and it's going to become not only a market with declining marginal returns because they're a saturated market, but it's going to become a market in which their business model is not going to be as profitable as in the past. This is all bad news for them.
2: Yeah. I think it's important to separate between Facebook, the stock, and Facebook, the product and the firm. Okay. Facebook, the firm, has also Instagram. Yeah. Uh, in fact, yeah. if people flee... Facebook is to Instagram. Instagram still has only 1 billion users uh, uh, with huge upside. In fact, one of the main announcements that was made is that uh, currently if you want to buy ads, you have to buy them separately. That's their business model, right? I mean, I think they they get all this information. They get all of our engagement to then tailor uh, and, and sell it to publishers. And OEMs. And and so there is a huge upside for Instagram. There is a huge upside by leveraging all of these networks. And one of the main announcements was on the fact that they're going to have a one stop shop in selling these. So I I still don't see, I mean, if the disruption is going to come, it's not going to be in the form of social media to to disrupt that the model is going to be maybe going to grow slower. And that's why we see the, the stock reflecting that. But the upside is still very much there. 844-942-7866 844-942-7866 is the number if you would like to
1: join in with your comments or questions. We're talking about Facebook and Twitter and where they are right now and where they are headed in the future. 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment via Twitter, at BizRadio132. Or you can use my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. So I guess, Eric, one of the questions to ask is, is what is kind of the future for Facebook right now? We've talked on this show a lot about companies reinventing themselves how much can or would Facebook potentially reinvent itself to to make sure that it is ready for that that next ten or twenty year period?
0: Yeah. So I think, you know, let's start where with something Dad said, Instagram. So Instagram is still I think, uh, got a lot of growth potential. Instagram was part of the disappointment story, but that might be temporary. Here was the disappointment story. Uh, The ad growth at Facebook, the company, missed expectations. And one of the reasons was Facebook is trying to crank up advertising on instagram there 's a feature called Stories on Instagram, uh, and was actually kind of directing users and putting its effort into into ads on stories on Instagram. Those ads are less expensive, which is to say Facebook makes less money from those ads, so you, what you might be seeing is uh, yeah, sure, a dip this quarter and maybe a dip for a few quarters. But an investment in what might be uh, more of the growth vehicle for Facebook going forward, Instagram. Clearly, uh, Facebook and Twitter have to reengineer uh, for a world that will not put up with you know fake users, ghost users, that yeah. kind of stuff. And as Gad pointed out, you know the, the market ha- is not going to give uh, the companies uh, credit for making investments in that, because w- we, say the market, say, pretend I'm the market. I thought I thought that that wasn't a problem. I was already valuing Facebook yeah. on producing margins without having to spend the money. Now it tells me it's spending the money. I'm not going to give it credit for spending the money. I'm going to ding it, because I didn't think it had to spend the money. Uh, but I think that's where, I, you know, I think that's those are the, the things facing Facebook and Twitter.
1: James?
3: Well, I think there's another thing I was going to add and mentioned earlier and, and it's you know it's, it's speculative and it it's a pretty pretty unlikely right now, but I think it could be done something and that is you're seeing a beginning of a growing awareness that individuals it's, it's it's not good for their productivity it's not good for their healthy lifestyles to spend as much time on uh, their phones that they're spending right now and Apple even now has an app. That tells you how much time you're, you're now going to be spending on your phone, and the numbers coming out to individuals are shocking to them. Uh, if that ever grows some traction, then I think that that, even beyond the privacy concerns that we've been seeing taking effect, is going to have a, a, a big impact here. So you know, there's a lot of uncertainty that surrounds all the social media platforms in terms of what the future is for them. And we all know that the market doesn't react positively to such uncertainty.
1: I, I found it interesting, James, that, that all of this is coming up, as uh, was mentioned before, in the fact that Twitter, you know, obviously was having this purge uh, of accounts, which when you think of uh, of the concerns in general, that ends up being a good thing. But from the business perspective, obviously with the valuations, it ended up being a bad thing that they are actually clearing out all these accounts.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. I
1: I just think there's
3: so many headwinds coming in right now on all the social media platforms right now that it's very difficult to speculate about whether they will be the darlings uh, six months or even a year from now that they have been three months ago. Go ahead, Derek.
0: I'm sorry, Jim makes an interesting point. I, one of the courses I teach is an undergraduate course, and uh, this spring semester I asked uh, undergraduates who are juniors and seniors uh, how much time they spend on Facebook. It turns out that they're still on Facebook, and they check it once in a while as a defensive measure make sure nothing bad was said that they don't know about. <laughs> That's the bad news for Facebook. The good news is they love Instagram. Yeah. So they, their tastes have changed. They, they actually associate Facebook with people my age, their parents, um, not so much for them. So their taste has changed. Um, and I think think they don't feel the need to be on it every two seconds. I make them turn everything off in my classes, which are 90 minutes. A couple of years ago when I did that, it led almost to a revolt. People complained <laughs> to the dean. It was inhumane. One person said I was violating the constitutional rights. Oh God! Uh, there seemed to be an awful lot of constitutional rights that <laughs> students believe they have. Um, when I announced it this year, Uh, There was a little eye-rolling, but not much complaint, so I don't think they check as often, but it's hard to imagine kids who've grown up connected socially in that way, completely tossing it over to chase something else. They might chase a new social media platform, but They it's
1: really part of their life. Eric, I I thought from my memories of college 30 years ago that going to classes, it was a dictatorship. There was one voice in that class and 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 that was the only voice. But you're saying it's something different. No, it's a dictatorship of the proletariat. Ah, there it is. There it is. Well, then,
3: this is this is the old man in the crowd. Uh, those were the days.
1: Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, th- so then, Eric, what, it sounds like that that as a unit, I mean, Instagram is is obviously, as you said, has room to run at this point. So it's not necessarily that Facebook as the company is necessarily in a totally bad situation. It's just maybe a rearrangement of focus moving forward.
0: Yeah, so go back to something Gad mentioned. You know, there's the company Facebook and there's the product Facebook. The company Facebook, like the company Google, has tons and tons of money to redeploy. So they bought Instagram, Google bought YouTube. These companies have the money and I think they have the savvy. To uh, do very well as a company, although the flagship of Facebook might not be called Facebook in five or ten years.
3: Gad? Well, I thought Gad was also making another point, and that is that there's a shift in the product uh, revenues uh, between Facebook, the product, and and Instagram. And I thought Gad was saying that the uh, margins on Instagram were lower. Am I right about that, Gad? Were you saying that?
2: I'm not sure. I think it was Eric.
3: Sorry. Oh, Eric was, that Eric was yeah. saying that?
0: Yeah. So they're actually, um, what I meant to say is the ads that they sell for uh, on Instagram, uh, the stores feature, uh, those ads are being sold less expensively than Facebook ads.
3: Right. Okay. And as a result, if, if, that's, if that's the case, you have the same sort of um, utilization time, then pr- the their, their, their profits are going to go down for for, for you know each minute or yeah. each hour, I would presume, uh, of use, and I I would presume um, fairly dramatically.
0: Yeah, here's what you wonder: you wonder if it isn't a business move, you know, like a temporary offer um, to right. get advertisers using this. I mean, I remember I remember a few years ago when people were saying, "Well, it's the end of the run for Google." Because search is going to play less of a role, everybody 's yeah. going to get their information not through search but through Facebook, and everybody 's going mobile and and look at what look at what google did they They bought YouTube, which they run ads on, and they 've very successfully gone mobile so I think as long as the companies do what they've done so far, as long as they pay attention and redeploy capital into what's new, um, I'm still going to worry about them if I'm a competitor.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I want to add another angle to that, which is a little bit related to the political debate on on privacy. Um, Privacy, while on one hand seems here as something that hurts Facebook, um, in my opinion, actually, they enjoy that in the long run. Um, and, and, and let me make the following argument. Uh, the 20,000 people that they added, it's, if you're a new entrant into the market, there is really no way you can bear that cost. Right. They're creating essentially a defensive mechanism here that allows them, clearly, it's it going to hurt their growth in the, in the near future until they sort it out. And by the way, they believe, I mean, they add these people reluctantly. They believe that this is actually a machine problem. That you can solve it using technology. Right. They added that once they realize it's not. But once they solve that, um, if you're a new entrant, you cannot handle GDPR the same way they can handle. Or Google can. can. And then so so I think we have to look at all of these kind of uh, regulation changes and, and all the political pressure something that in the long run will benefit them unless people flee completely social network. But in this case, they flee to one of the other firms.
1: Well, you bring up a, gr- a great point uh, about GDPR and the fact that that is now a, a, a fact of life in, in Europe at this point, that Facebook and Twitter now have become... I think, to a degree, and the other social platforms, to a degree, almost two separate companies within what they do in Europe and what they have to do in the United States. And a lot of people are wondering whether
2: or not the United States may be headed even closer and closer to what GDPR is. So I think there is – I mean, I think it will happen. I think for a firm like Facebook to – I mean, even internally, to have different processes for different parts of the organization is not something sustainable. They love to have a one-stop shop, one process across. Many of their publishers, in fact, are across. Once they find a solution to go around GDPR, which means to still handle privacy in a way that respects the customer but doesn't address – I mean – it's a it's a fact that currently Facebook, for example, tracks people that are not on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's currently prohibited. They will know how to address it over time in a way that it doesn't go against the law. In fact, there is a proposal this morning from uh, Mark Warner uh, to how to adopt some of these things in the US. So I think in the long run, I think we'll see consolidation both from Facebook internally and in these firms as well as in terms of regulation Eric.
0: Yeah, you know. Yeah, gee, if, if if you ever get bored doing stuff that's really interesting, you become a law professor because <laughs> you 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 nailed something. Regulation is often liked by big incumbents as creating entry barriers. Um, entrepreneurs, the innovators, often hate the the regulatory burden. Uh, you know that's a constant complaint. You know it's some of it self-serving, um, but regulation, which initially looks like it's going to hurt you. Might actually help you in just the way Gad described.
3: James? Yeah, I, th- I think the same thing. I also believe that the history of Facebook, I mean, the concerns about privacy and, and abuse have been going on since Facebook was created. And they've been able to neuter that over time by appearing to take moves or take action. And my guess is uh, just like adding the 20,000 individuals, I think was largely a public relations ploy. Uh, uh, And those individuals will be laid off at some point, maybe replaced by machines, but Facebook will continue to pursue what it believes is a way it's going to be able to maximize its own um, value, and uh, uh, it'll work around the edges. To that extent, it will probably use regulation, but it's going to be shaping regulation in a big way that's going to benefit it and uh, probably harm competitors.
1: But, uh, James, one of the things I I found interesting in general kind of following uh, these couple of companies, especially in the last couple of years as this space and obviously these recent stories uh, involving these companies have played out, is that – the expectation of a lot of people is, is that these are things that Facebook and Twitter, especially the issues that that come up, the Cambridge Analytics of, of the world, these are things that a lot of people figured, you know what, we just assumed that Facebook knew this and, and were able to, to protect against this in terms of using our data, and it doesn't seem like that that resonated enough with the people that, that run and, and work at Facebook. I think
3: that's true. I think the incentives, I've... I've, I've... You know, I think we all hear what we sometimes want to hear, and I'm, I'm guilty of that, but I've not been very impressed with Facebook's denunciations about shock and outrage about what happened and that they're going to do something about it, because I do remember them saying that five years ago and, and seven years ago. So um, I, I, I do believe that there is um, uh, some theatrics that are being played out here um, at Facebook.
0: One is reminded of the of the scene in Casablanca where Captain Renault is shocked, just shocked that there's gambling going on yeah. at Rick's so.
1: yeah eight four four nine four two seven eight six six or if you'd like send us a comment via Twitter at bizradio one thirty two or my Twitter account which is at danloney twenty one so i I guess then with with all of this in play how, how solid are these Uh, Eric, as companies, but also how solid are they as value on Wall Street at this point?
0: So I think they're very solid as companies. They have huge amounts of cash flow. They have huge amounts of cash on the books. Um, They will deal with this, and they will go forward. Um, You know, Facebook has been repriced. It's now trading at about 20, a price-to-earnings ratio of about 21 times its projected earnings next year. You know, it's it's a better value, I think, than it than than it used to be. Twitter, who knows? Twitter, you know, has made some profits, lost some money. It has a price to earnings ratio of this is not a misprint. It's something like sixteen or seventeen hundred. Is it a good value? Boy, only if you believe it's going (laughs) to just really turn into something huge. Uh, But I I think you know the, the the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Googles. They are as companies there. They've got the resources. Uh, and, you know, there'll be a new news story in three months. As James pointed out, we, we've been angry about this before we got over it. There'll be a new issue for the politicians to play with. And the companies will kind of rumble along.
2: Yeah. I completely agree. I do not see. I mean, I think we can talk about how temporarily people are switching from one to another. Uh, I cannot see in, in the current situation, for example, Facebook allowed again to buy something like Instagram, but they already the own Instagram yeah. and WhatsApp. Uh, and, and I think in that situation, this is a very solid firm. But I
1: guess the question then is become becomes what does Twitter do next? Because you know, Twitter has has kind of languished here for the last few years in trying to do a variety of different things. And the numbers just – I mean, obviously, the numbers comparison to Facebook are are night and day. We haven't seen Twitter be able to make some of the moves that Facebook
2: has been able to make in the last few years. Primarily because I think initially – I mean, if we go back to the origin of Twitter, Twitter grew too fast without a business model. Right. So they had to – once they have already significant usage with really very strong following – um, then they had to establish their business model. That was too late. Second thing, there's, their network effects that they see are, are much weaker than, than Facebook. I think if you, unless you know people on Twitter and you know who to follow, just going there seems like a very lonely place. That's not the case on Facebook.
1: James, how, how significant are going to be the, the, the regulatory and legal challenges for these companies moving forward in the next several years?
3: Well, I think it's a, it's probably a near-term market. I mean, I think that the political problems for Facebook particularly – are exacerbated by the public debate that's going on about uh, Russians and others interfering with the election democratic processes here. So as long as that's on the horizon, I think Facebook gets caught up in the middle of that, and it's going to be very hard for them to find um, uh, uh, much headway. I think after, after, perhaps after the midterm elections, uh, things will probably get better for them so i think i i still see their problem of basically a political problem that's fed by social concerns about excessive use of social media but i think that those concerns will be could be overcome by new developments on the national stage that we don't
1: even know about, but but Eric, that's that's just where these uh, these entities are living right now because of everything that is going on in the political uh, realm and the uh, the international realm. These companies, you would think, would be would be you know rolling, and they are to a degree rolling in the cash, but they have they have lots of issues that they have to deal with.
0: Yeah, I think so, and I you know I agree with what James said. I think that they have had a little bit of a tin ear. I think they've lived. Uh, through an era that we're not going to go back to. I, I think the Fuhrer will die down, um, but when the Fuhrer dies down, I, I don't think their their world changes. You know, Facebook with phony stuff, Twitter with phony stuff. Twitter is also the place of you know huge bullying and and yeah. and really uh, uh, really horrible activities uh, that that they have to deal with beyond the politics. So I, I think they live in a different world, but certainly Facebook with its cash will survive.
1: But but it is, to a degree, Eric, it is a, 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 some of this It is a cultural issue in the term, in the fact that a lot of younger people aren't using Facebook as much, and it makes you wonder what Facebook might be in 30 years or so.
0: You know, it might be the old person's place. It might be the <laughs> official <community laughs> home of AARP.
1: <laughs> so if you get past 55
2: years of age, you can join Twitter, right?
1: You can
0: join, or join
2: Facebook, websites. I mean. I mean, what do you see, Ed? I see where where WeChat is. I mean, if you look in China, WeChat is a combination of all of this. It's a little bit of WhatsApp, a little bit of uh, Instagram, all of that together in in really small communities. And and so I think maybe that's where we're going, where we have smaller communities, slightly more civilized, slightly more community-based, more reflection of offline communities rather than online communities which twitter is about so i maybe see where that's the convergence is going to be so
1: then really it could be a a situation of looking outside the u.s for some of these other entities that are out there that could end up be targets of purchase by by a facebook or twitter in the future
2: and i think that's the fear of regulator if you're going to break facebook the competitor is not twitter it's wechat right
1: great having you all with us today thank you very much uh, eric and james for joining us on the phone today Great fun. Thank you you both. Thank you. Gad, great meeting you. Thank you for coming in today. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Gad uh, Alon from here at the Wharton School, Eric Gordon uh, from the University of Michigan, and James Cox from uh, Duke University.
2: For more insight
3: from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.